is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast from Blood Red, with myself, Matt Addison, alongside fellow Liverpool Echo writer Theo Squires. Liverpool have made what was looking like the perfect start to their Premier League title defence before they were demolished 7-2 by Aston Villa last weekend. The performances of one man, though, have begun to come under scrutiny, and that's before even the Villa Park game took place. No, I'm not talking about Adrian. I'm talking about a regular feature of Jurgen Klopp's side over the last few seasons. Maybe even the player who defines the Klopp era so far, Roberto Firmino. The Reds' number nine has been a crucial part of the squad that won both the Champions League and the Premier League, and he netted twice for Brazil against Bolivia last night. His performances haven't quite as been at the same level they were over the last few months. We should probably start, Theo, by sort of saying that this is only a conversation. We're not calling for the end of Roberto Firmino or anything like that, but it sort of feels like the right time to have a little bit of a chat about him and about certain worries that Liverpool fans possibly might have. Yeah, with um, Liverpool's front three for so long, it has been untouchable, hasn't it? Uh, it has been Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino. And no matter what Divock Origi or Daniel Sturridge did, they were never going to be starting in that front three ahead of any of those players because they were so good. Um, but now Liverpool are at this stage where they're Premier League champions, they were European champions, they're still world champions, and they want to be challenging for more success. And this part of Jurgen Klopp's project has been to gradually move the team along and enhance his options. Hence, we've seen Takumi Minamino come in and Diego Yotta come in. Uh, I don't think, though, anyone expected so quickly for the question to be, do one of the front three need to be dropped for one of the new lads to get a go up front? Uh, it could be rotation sort of thing. But then you still don't see Liverpool as a side that rotate in defence or in that front three because the chemistry is normally so good there. Um, criticism of Roberto Firmino, I think he's almost been his own undoing, so to speak, because we remember 2017, 2018, when you got, what was it, 27 goals. And even though that's not normally what you'd expect from him, that one season has sort of defined him. That's what you expect from a number nine. So it's given critics something else to beat him with when he isn't delivering the goals. But he brings so much more to the team when he is on form. And we've seen the numbers themselves from Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, how they've just gone to new heights. They get the goals with Mfimino this I suppose, quieter role in the middle where he doesn't get the plaudits, but he still delivers. Like you said, he's not had the best start to the season. He's still got a couple of his assists. He was pretty poor against Villa. He's still got an assist. But the question is now there because the options have been signed. And when Takumi Minamino's had his opportunities for the last few months, he's looked really good. And when Diego Yotta's come on in, since he joined, he's looked sharp as well, certainly sharper than Firmino. But do you really drop someone who's been previously untouchable for Liverpool? It's certainly an interesting question and one Jurgen Klopp has to answer. You mentioned there that there's lots of other options for Liverpool, but I suppose the question has been posed as much because of that, but but also to do with the sort of levels that he's been at. We know that his game is much more than just goals, but there haven't really been goals and there haven't really been performances of late. Are you at all worried about him or do you just think it, it's something that as long as Mane and Salah are playing well, as long as you've got two out of the front three, it's probably okay. Um, it's one where two of the front three or even one of the front three are scoring. It's fine. Uh, he didn't have the goal-scoring season last year, did he? Where I think he had his lowest return in Premier League goals, only at a nine. 
and obviously we all know it. Wait until the last home game of the season to break his Anfield duck in the league. Um, but you can forgive him for not scoring goals when he's still doing his job, and when the other two are scoring goals. But then against Aston Villa, one of them's missing. Mohamed Salah scores two, but when Liverpool are losing, well, that wouldn't happen if two of the front three are on form. But it's still harsh to blame it on Roberto Firmino because he's never been this big goal-scoring number nine. Usually in a front three, your number nine is your goal-scorer or your wingers is your goal-scorer. You can't have all three of them because it doesn't really click. You need that creator in the team and that is his role. I suppose there is a slight concern that his performances haven't been to the standard we've seen before, but he has been a slow starter in the past. Um, it doesn't mean that this is the start of a big decline from Roberto Firmino. He's still a very good player. And as you mentioned at the start, well, he scored twice Brazil last night. Just been reading a piece on that. And I think they actually had him as the lead number nine, as opposed to the deeper role that Liverpool normally have him in. So that's proven that he's got the ability and it may be just the position he's playing in the Liverpool team. Um, we've seen, I think, in previous years, when Mohamed Salah hasn't lived up to that amazing maiden season with the club because defenders are sort of catching on to him a bit more. They're putting two men on him. Maybe that's almost happening with Firmino as well. Like Defenders know what he's going to do. He's going to drop deep. So rather than following him and leaving those gaps in behind, they're leaving the midfielder on him. So then he's got to get even deeper and he's losing the ball like he did, I think, for one of Villa's goals at least um, last weekend. And it could just be a way for him to play out of form and really get back to full fitness. Hopefully, um, his two goals for Brazil will be a big confidence boost and the Merseyside derby next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think those two goals could be a big thing for him. I, I mean, personally, the worry for me would be that it's been a fairly long period of time since we saw the best of Roberto Firmino. At the turn of the year, he had that spell where off the back of the Club World Cup, he scored against Leicester, he scored against Wolves and, and Tottenham, and he looked absolutely brilliant. But he's probably not been quite at that level since. And that is, you know, a sustained period of time now, around nine months, of course, with lockdown in the middle. Only one Premier League goal at Anfield last season as well. I mean, possibly it's not the right time to be sort of talking about moving him away from being a starter for Liverpool at this moment in time. But at what point do you think that balance tips? Because it's it's already been nine months or so, I think, until, you know, he's last been at his best. How long do you let that go on for when you've got other options potentially to come in in reserve? Um, I think it's very harsh to say nine months when he's not been playing at his best because obviously you have had lockdown for a considerable period right in the middle of that. And football is rather different at the moment where you don't have fans in the stadiums. And I think Roberto Firmino is certainly one player who is a performer. He's an entertainer. He loves playing in front of Liverpool fans home or away. Like It's only now you realise how accustomed we've been he to hearing Si Senor every single week, every single game. And while I'm not saying that you take away the fans, you take away him hearing that chant and his performance levels drop, uh, it would give any player that extra boost, wouldn't it, hearing that um, the Liverpool fans cheering them on. Uh, it has been nine months, but it's been a very strange nine months. And it is harsh to say that he's not played well for what would essentially be a full season if games have been playing thick and fast through that. Um, and I think Jurgen Klopp can probably get around it because he doesn't have to drop him when games are going to be coming at like pretty much two, three times a week for the next all the winter months. So it won't be a case of you're dropping Roberto Firmino because he's out of form. It'll just be you're going to have to save legs and rotate players for certain games. And there'll be times when he'll be, say, in a 4-2-3-1 formation in the normal 4-3-3 or 
Yotoro Minamino could uh, get that chance ahead of him up front. But then you can't complain about that and use it as a criticism against Firmino because if any of the traditional front three drop out, isn't that what Jurgen Klopp wanted? It's what your Liverpool fans wanted. You look to Manchester City and how strong their attacking options have been over the last two, three seasons when you had like Lee Sane out injured for most of last season and they didn't miss him at all. Bernardo Silva was one of the standout performers in the attacking position in the Premier League a couple of years ago and now he doesn't really get a sniff there. He's in midfield for them. Obviously, we all know how good Raheem Sterling is. Uh, Riyad Mahrez has been exceptional for Manchester City in the past year. Aguero is currently out injured. Gabriel Jesus, and this is just listing names there and there. Liverpool now have those options. And it's basically that tide's changing, isn't it? Where it's not relying on the same three players, but it's how Jurgen Klopp manages it and whether he can use it to motivate the three to maintain their form and kick on and still deliver it, or if they understand that they will have some type of their leg safe for certain games. Um, but if you think back to 2017-18, that's pretty much how we managed it then anyway, before Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane reached such heights that they were simply undroppable. Um, I remember, was it Stoke City away, where uh, he caused the stir by putting Salah on the bench and he came on and scored, what was it, a really good volley or something? Might have got a brace. Uh, options there for Jurgen Klopp. And it is just how he manages it. I'm not particularly concerned about Firmino at this stage, just because it might be nice, like you said, but still early days in the season. He's obviously still got goals in his locker if he can do it for Brazil. It's not as though he's going to come back to uh, Melwood after the international break and be a shadow of himself again. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Of course, yeah. And I mean, if Jurgen Klopp, as we expect, does rotate all of his front three over the next few months, because of course there is such a hectic schedule to come, I suppose Takumi Minamino will be one who will have his eye on a potential uh, start in in a fair few of those games. Has he almost been hard done by? Because he has a a very good pre-season, performs really well, looks like he's sort of played himself into form, but then we've not really seen him since. I'd say so, um, because when Liverpool first signed him, they didn't really know what to do with him. They didn't know what his role was in the team. Uh, Liverpool fans, I don't think they were expecting him to be seen as this striker, to be the new false nine, because for uh, Salzburg, he was more uh, attacking midfield or he played out wide. But then when he was playing out wide for Liverpool last season, he almost looked lost. He was getting bullied off the ball. And I think it definitely took him his time to get accustomed to English football, not helped by the suspension. Um, but he's obviously had a very good pre-season and he's looked impressive pretty much wherever I've seen him play since. Um, I think in Community Shield, came on out wide, didn't he, against Arsenal, got his first goal for the club uh, in pre-season. He played just behind Firmino against Blackpool and was probably the, the best player on the pitch. And then we've seen him look so good when he started against Lincoln City. Uh, granted, that's lower league opposition, but you can only beat what's in front of you. And Liverpool should expect to beat most teams uh, if we ignore that Aston Villa result because they are the best team in the world. And it's one where well, he's keeping these standards up consistently now. He's providing goals. He's looking exciting. He would normally start, wouldn't he? It is just how Jurgen Klopp manages the whole situation. Um, I think it's a bit different during the first few weeks of the season where it was Premier League game one week then it was the League Cup, then it was Premier League again, because it was easier for managers across the country, across the Premier League, to have a League Cup team and a Premier League team. And while it might seem a bit harsh that you have almost got a B team for Minamino to be in, that was one where you just let them have the groove. You can almost train them separately, can't you? Because it's always been a big 
problem for Jurgen Klopp that he doesn't get enough time on the training pitch with his players when there are games two, three times a week. But if he's got these two 11s, they could essentially have more training because they've not played the minutes in the Premier League at the weekend. So they're still doing that extra work. Um, Now, that's not really such an option because the Champions League comes into play and that's a priority. So you won't see the same rotation across the board. It will just be depending on who's freshest and who's in form. And that's where you could see one of the front three rested for a game to see Minamino come in, see Yotta, see Jordan Shakiri. Now he, he's still in contention again. Uh, when he's looked so good, having had a slow start to his Liverpool career, you want to see him kick on now. You want to see him grab that opportunity. And I'm sure we're going to see it come in the next few weeks. Uh, it's what Manchester City are coming up. You've got heart three of the Champions League games coming up before the next international break. You've got Everton as well in another couple of Premier League games. It is a very busy month ahead for Liverpool. And he's got some big games in there where he can really make his mark and show why Liverpool were delighted to snap him up at that bargain fee. Yeah, plenty of, of opportunities to come for both Minamino and Jota, as you say. And I mean, in terms of getting those two into the side, if one of Liverpool's front three was to drop out, whether it was Firmino or, or possibly one of the other players, how would you sort of set up in that sort of scenario? Would you have Minamino through the middle? Would you potentially play someone like Jota off the left and, and move one of Mane or Salah into the middle? How do you think Jurgen Klopp might sort of put uh, put the pieces of that jigsaw puzzle together, if you like? Um, I think that's probably now one of Liverpool's greatest strengths, that they can be that unpredictable. I did a piece a couple of days ago about what are the options now with Roberto Firmino and the fact that Jurgen Klopp can change formation or he can rest him or he can just keep him there. But they can all pretty much play in any of those front three positions. I think Firmino is the only one you wouldn't see play out wide. But we've seen Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah play through the middle which is a great effect before in the past. You wouldn't be surprised if Yotta or Minamino did that role To if you wanted to keep Mane and Salah in their primary roles. But they're both capable of playing out wide. Shakiri has shown that he can play in this deeper role. He can, he's played as a false nine, I think, in pre-season for Liverpool before. And he's obviously shown his quality on both flanks for the club as well. Liverpool have these options with the majority of the players that are versatile to play across the board. So I wouldn't want to say that they will be playing this role, this role and this role. Because if you take Minamino as example, we've seen him in three different positions already this season and he has looked pretty good in all three of them. I think Jurgen Klopp will just make the decision depending on whether it's a home game or away game and depending on the opposition. Like if you play in, uh, I don't know, a, a lower Premier League team at home when you expect them to sit deep, you're more likely to see a 4-2-3-1 with him, say, behind Firmino, Minamino, for example. But then if you play in... Manchester City away, that's when you need that extra body in midfield. And if you are going to throw him in in that, you might have to be the false nine or out wide, just depending on what you're expecting to come up against. But as I said earlier, that is what Jurgen Klopp wants. He doesn't want his team selection to be predictable. He wants to be able to change it week in, week out, depending on the opposition. So if it's not going well on the pitch, he can just throw a different player on and it's completely different and teams ahead of him fall apart. Um, in the past, the plan B has just been switched to 4-2-3-1 and it has worked for the majority of the time, but it didn't work last week against Aston Villa. So now they've got these other options. It'll be interesting to see how he manages it going forward. 
Yes, Salah, Mane, Firmino, Minamino, plenty of options for Liverpool. And that was before they added Diogo Jota in the summer as well. It's an interesting debate that will no doubt rage on into the future as to who Jurgen Klopp should play over the next few weeks. We'll be back, of course, across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red as the countdown to the Merseyside derby next Saturday ticks on. Firmino, of course, will hope to start that one. But the question is there about or not he will. Not least because Brazil don't play in Peru until late on Wednesday and it's a long way back from South America. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe or leave us a review if you're listening to the show as a podcast. But for now, from myself, Matt Addison and from Theo Squires, and goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.